0: Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Michael Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MFC2123. It is Tuesday, December 17th, 2019, and I apologize for not being able to get to you yesterday. I was just so busy with work, and then I had a scheduled event afterwards, so I just wasn't able to make it. But I'm back with all the information that came from the weekend and yesterday on Monday, and we're going to start off with the most recent recruiting information because I'll tell you what, signing day is literally tomorrow. We're going to see plenty of players signing, and this is when all the action happens. This is absolutely one of the funnest times of a recruit nick like myself, who just loves to pay attention to this kind of stuff, and it's going to be good. Good year for the Big Ten. We'll get into that in just a little bit, but let's get you caught up on the most recent action on the recruiting trail. And we're starting off in Champaign. And although Lovey Smith and the Fighting Illini lost quarterback commit last week, they got one this past weekend in Gregory Span from Florida at 6'4, 195 pounds. A very solid offer list Florida State, Georgia, Auburn, Florida you love to see those offers. Once again, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know how I like to see these offers come out for big-time players. It is other big-time schools recruiting them, and that's exactly what you're seeing from Span. So, Lovey Smith, I believe, is getting a very solid quarterback, although they had to scramble for him. A very good one nevertheless. They also added another Floridian and defensive lineman Trayvon Riggins at 6'2", 265 pounds. He had a pretty solid offer list as well. Miami, Florida, Arizona State were some of the big ones for Riggins. Good body right there when you're looking at the size of the young man at 6'2", 265 pounds. I think Lovey Smith is really trending in the right direction on the recruiting trail getting to a bowl game is huge for the program. It's not going to pay off this year as much I believe as it's going to pay off next year because they're going to be coming off of the momentum from this year into the next re- recruiting cycle. They've already made all the inroads with the majority of these players and especially with the early signing period now you're looking at players are popping the proverbial commitment earlier than they would have previously when you had that February the, the first Tuesday, in, or I'm sorry, the first Wednesday in February, when you had that previously and without the early signing period, it was a little bit different. But now you're seeing a lot of players getting their recruiting done earlier. The majority, like I said, the majority of players will commit this weekend and sign by the end of the weekend. I'm sorry, on Wednesday. Duh. So that that's pretty neat. However, the Illini did get some bad news. And that happened today. Running back Dre Brown, he decided that he will not forego a sixth season of eligibility and move on to the NFL ranks, or at least the professional ranks. Unfortunately for Brown, he had multiple knee injuries while he was at the University of Illinois. And I completely understand it. Look, when you look at the fact that an NFL career is so short, You want to go and make as much money as possible, and you can't fault Brown for realizing that a career can be short, especially with injuries that have happened previously. He might not have that much of time. He just got married as well, so uh, understandable that he's got to go and take care of his family. On to Maryland. They flipped a guard from Florida in Chris Love, 6'3", 315 pounds. He had a decent offer list, uh, South Florida, Boston College, Kentucky, and Rutgers nothing overtly special but like i said i and i've said this multiple times i love taking flyers on the big time power high school conference conferences states that play big-time football, and you're looking at Florida is one of them, and love is from there as well, so I really like that. They also added defensive end Ryan Wilmot at 6'3", 248 pounds. He had, again, a decent offer list, Purdue, Kentucky, Boston College, and Missouri, so not, not bad right there for Mike Loxley, kind of mixing in what he did last year when he went after some grad transfers and some transfers, and he some of that momentum obviously kind of died down early on because they were you know, they were ranked at one point in the season. I think it's crazy to think that, and then they just kind of tanked towards the end of the season. But still, Mike Loxley, I would say a, a pretty solid first year, at least got some attention towards the Terrapins. They also added safety Ozita Smith today at 6'2", 205 pounds, uh, Milford Academy, uh, which is... A route that some players take when they can't qualify. Originally, Smith had signed with West Virginia. Couldn't quite get the grades. Had to go to a secondary school to get those grades up. So uh, Smith had an offer from TCU. Not not bad. So I, I think that that's a it's a solid get. Uh, however, again, the fact that he could potentially be academically academically ineligible. I think that kind of scared away multiple schools. However, hey, it's always uh, taking a flyer on a player who's got plenty of capable ability to contribute to the team. Not the worst idea for Mike Loxley. It was a really busy weekend for Minnesota this past weekend. They saw their defensive line coach, Jim Pagnanos, leave to go be on Greg Schiano's staff. So, a little bit of movement along the Big 10 coaches once again. You saw that last year uh, when a couple of Michigan coaches went to Ohio State. It's pretty interesting to see coaches being poached from other Big 10 schools. Uh, it's there there's some I wouldn't say a unwritten rule book about that, but uh I would say honestly, if I was the coaches, I wouldn't necessarily do that, but Hey, I guess any advantage you can take is an advantage you can take. They added an outside linebacker in Jaquandis Burns from Florida, 6'2", 205 pounds. They also added defensive end Jalen Logan Redding from Missouri, 6'4", 235 pounds. And they added tackle Tyrell Lawrence, and this dude is massive, 6'3", 344 pounds. He's out of Canada. A solid offer list for each one of them, but to me... The prize was Logan Redding. He had offers from Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, Notre Dame, Purdue, and Texas. Although, you know, you look at that program in Texas and Tom Herman, they're they're struggling big time. It looks like they're going to be hiring Chris Ash, former Rutgers head coach who got fired earlier this season. Looks like they're going to hire him for their defensive coach, so uh, or defensive coordinator. So, uh, interesting to see that Ash. Landed on his feet at a pretty solid program, and Tom Herman needs that help. Uh, They will reconnect because they, at one point in time, were on the same staff under Urban Meyer at Ohio State when they won the inaugural college football playoff championship. So interesting to see them hooking up again. But to be honest with you, that's a that's the right move for Tom Herman because uh, they've really struggled. The Longhorns have in his tenure on the defensive side of the ball. Kind of didn't expect that, but when he moved over from Houston, so uh, a little interesting there. But uh, you know you'll you'll see Chris Ash back in major college football coaching once again almost immediately. Michigan State added a wide receiver in Terry Lockett from. Minnesota. At 6 foot, 165 pounds, he had offers from Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Purdue, and Cincinnati. So again, a solid offer this there for Lockett. A little bit on the lighter side, he's probably going to be playing the slot for Michigan State. Uh, Yeah, 165 pounds. Uh, If he arrives on campus, 170, 175, might have an opportunity to play early uh, because that offense sorely needs some change, and Lockett could come in and help right away but again i don't know if that weight if that can, he can gain that good weight because when you're a skill position player you don't want to have bad weight on your body you want to have good weight you want to add that muscle mass so you keep those fast twitch and You know, if he just bulks up to 180 and he gets slow, he's not going to help anybody. So we'll see what happens with Lockett. Nebraska had a couple commitments this weekend as well. Defensive end Jamari Butler, 6'5", 217 pounds. Outside linebacker Nico Cooper, 6'5", 220 pounds. Coming from a community college, Keyshawn Green from Florida. It's a noticeable trend as we're seeing with a lot of these commitments that Big Ten schools have had. It's not just one school, a lot of Florida commitments. But back to Green, 6'3", 195 pounds. And wide receiver Omar Manning, he's coming from community college as well. The big one here is Keyshawn Green. And Green's a player. Offers from Florida State, Miami, Florida, and Louisville. I really like what they're bringing in there with him. And also Jamari Butler, he had a very solid offer list as well from Maryland, Illinois, TCU, and Tennessee. So I like what Scott Frost is doing. They had a little late run recently and adding a bunch of commitments heading up into the first signing period, and uh, we'll get to where they've kind of moved up into on the recruiting rankings because they've made a move. Uh, Scott Frost didn't have a lot of commitments, and every Monday when I have been updating the commitments for you, I've said there's room to move. There's room to move in this class. and. This class has moved, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. Rutgers added defensive tackle Tony Rainey to their class, 6'5, uh, 300 pounds. Offers from a bunch of non Power 5 schools. Also added Juco offensive tackle Cedric Palant, six five three hundred and five pounds. He had offers from non P5 schools as well. But the big coup that Greg Schiano got is he's going to get a former Buckeye in Malik Barrow. If you don't remember Barrow's story, a few years ago, he retired from football due to injuries. He unretired, went to UCF, played at UCF for the past two years, and now he's back on the grad transfer list. One more year of eligibility, and he will finish out his career with his former defensive coordinator in Greg Schiano. So it's a big get for Schiano because he's going to need all the help he can get in this first season at Rutgers. Really like the addition of Barrow. And it's very solid for them. Okay, so since I've updated all of the recruiting action from the weekend for this coming class, there are a couple of things I'll get to in the 20 and 21 class, but since I've updated you on all of the commitments for the 20 class, let's get into the 2020 rankings the day before signing day, the Buckeyes are fourth in the country with 25 commits. They are the only top ten class inside the Big Ten. However, Michigan and Penn State are right on the outside. Michigan's 11th overall, Penn State right behind them at 12th. You're going to have to go down just a little bit further to find Nebraska. Like I said, the Corn Huskers made that little run this past week or so. And they've really shot up the recruiting rankings. A top 20 class for what would be looked at as so far a underachieving tenure for Scott Frost. Big time struggles last year. Everyone predicted that year two would be much better. Year two wasn't much better. I wouldn't say they took a step back because Adrian Martinez missed a good portion of the season. And he's the engine that makes that team go but they, they just you know they're, they're just not quite back yet it, it might take Frost another year maybe two more to really get all of his players through his program so maybe you're looking at year three maybe even you're looking at year four but recruiting wise he's doing a really good job looking at Iowa's class. They are 25th in the country right there. On the cusp of being a top 25 class, you've got Wisconsin. Northwestern's at 30. Minnesota is at 31. Purdue is at 34. Maryland, like I said, adding on some pretty solid players. They're at 35. Michigan State, they were a little bit low hanging around the 50s at one point in time. They've moved up to 38th overall in the country. Indiana, not too terrible for the Hoosiers. They are at 50th overall in the country. You like to see that from the Hoosiers. Tom Allen's really done a good job recruiting for them the last couple years since he's been the head coach. So you like what direction that program is going. I'm a big fan of Allen's and I love that he's kind of convinced the athletic director to, to spend a little bit of money. Spend a little bit of money, but We'll get into Indiana's athletic director in just a few moments. Rutgers is sitting at 62nd. Chris Ashe, like I said, left. And with the fact that Nunzio Campanelli, I think everybody knew that he wasn't really going to be the coach. He was just kind of a placeholder. And now with Greg Ciano, they've made a little bit of jump. They were in the 80s. Remember a couple weeks ago, kept saying that the bottom two teams in the Big Ten were Rutgers in Illinois, and they were in the 80s, and it was just—it was just a bad company that they were with. Well, Rutgers is now 62nd in the country and the lowest-ranked team in the conference. is Illinois at 67th. Remember, they were in the 80s and 90s a few just a few weeks ago. So that is exactly what you're looking for. You want your bottom tier teams to not be in the 70s, 80s, and 90s in the recruiting rankings. 60s is fine by me. I think those are good classes where you'll get plenty of players that will be able to add good quality depth to your team. On top of that, you can find some stars as well. And Some of these three-star players, they're better than their ranking show. They just haven't matured and they haven't had a chance to get in in a real weight room with a real nutritionist and get all of the, the proper coaching and technique down, and then all of a sudden these guys blow up. You see plenty of guys every year in the NFL draft getting drafted when they are three-star prospects in smaller schools. It, it It's just how football goes. It's, very, it's one of the toughest things to do in all of sports is to determine what an athlete's going to look like when they are 16, 17, 18 years old from when they get to 21, 22, 23. So... Look, they might have lower classes, but I still think that there's plenty of good players in their classes. All right, let's move on to a couple other things here. Like I said, with Indiana and Tom Allen, the athletic director agreed to obviously commit to redoing some of the football facilities, adding on to the stadium, Memorial Stadium down there, but unfortunately fred glass will retire at the end of this academic season the search for a new athletic director is on it remains to be seen who obviously will come up as candidates but as soon as indiana names their new athletic director i will give you that information michigan is losing one of their wide receivers in tariq black he's going to enter the transfer portal never quite lived up to his recruiting billing he made a splash his freshman year and you all you thought, wow, this this guy's gonna be great for Michigan because they've had a long line of very, very good wide receivers. But unfortunately Black couldn't live up to his freshman year. And now he will finish his career somewhere else other than in Arbor. Wisconsin added a defensive end to their twenty one class in AO at a bogan he is an in-state prospect at 63 205 pounds and I'm probably going to butcher that name 8 million times at a bowgun. is the only guy that Wisconsin offered I'm sorry that he got an offer from so his name has obviously made me a little bit confused. He is a prospect that you know, when you look at a 21 prospect, they're not going to have a lot of offers at this point in time. But you have to like what they see out of him. A little bit on the light side, but obviously he's got a couple years of high school football still remaining. So, or just, I mean, you know, a year and a half or so. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that turns out for Wisconsin. They've got a nice early class for 21. They've done a really good job so far, has Paul Christ. Michigan added a, a commit in their 22 class in Alex Van Summeren. He's an in-state prospect, and this young man is enormous. Just finished his sophomore year of high school, and he has 6'3", 270 pounds. He is a freaking beast. Offers from Kentucky and Central Michigan. And when you're a prospect that's two years out, and you've got a couple D1 offers in your bank already, you're a damn good player. So uh, they're getting a good one. Uh, we'll see how he progresses between now and when he ends up on campus. But I still think that Jim Harbaugh is getting a very, very good player in Van Summerin. Now, there's a bunch of AP All-American team got released. ESPN's All-American team. A couple All-American teams got released since uh, this past weekend. And let's get into the AP first because they're the one that I really respect the most. This is, if you're an AP All-American, you're a damn good player. And we'll start off with the first team, Jonathan Taylor wisconsin star running back he had a his offensive lineman for him tyler b odish on there as well offensive that was he was the center for the team you're gonna have wyatt davis for ohio state he has been showing up on a lot of all-american lists and not surprising that he is a first team all-american for the ap you have Iowa's kicker keith duncan no surprise here with chase young the star defensive end, Michael Parsons, Penn State's great linebacker, made it. And two Big Ten players made it in the defensive backfield, Ohio State's Jeffrey Okuda and Minnesota's Antoine Winfield Jr. For the second team, for the AP All-American team, Justin Fields was the quarterback. And his backfield mate, J.K. Dobbins, was on the second team. Iowa's offensive tackle, Tristan Wirfs, and defensive end, A.J. Epenisa. They were also on the second team, and Wisconsin's linebacker, Zach Bond, made the second team as well. So over to ESPN's All-American team. They only named one team, and that's it. Jonathan Taylor was one of the running backs. Again, Wyatt Davis for the Buckeyes. Tyler Biotish as well for Wisconsin. Chase Young, Micah Parsons, Jeffrey Okuda, Antoine Winfield Jr. I think you're seeing a trend here on this one. Jonathan Taylor, Wyatt Davis, Tyler Biatich, Chase Young, Micah Parsons, Jeffrey Okuda, Antoine Winfield Jr. Those names you're seeing on a lot of the All American teams. And rightfully so, they had fantastic seasons for their respective teams. Let's move on to some notes on the basketball side. The polls got released today. We'll start off with that because there's a possibility that Ohio State could have been named number one. However, that was not the case because they lost to Minnesota, becoming one of the few teams that were undefeated now into the ranks of the defeated. So, <clears throat> excuse me. With that, the Buckeyes fell a few spots in the new polls that came out today. They are still the top rated team in the conference, fifth in the AP and fourth in the coaches. You've got Maryland as the next team. They are seventh in the AP, eighth in the coaches. And you're finding Michigan at 14 AP, 15 coaches, along with Michigan State, 15 in the coaches. I'm sorry, 15 in the AP, 18th in coaches. And the Nittany Lions of Penn State just getting ranked this week. They are 23rd in the AP and 24th in the coaches. That's pretty solid for the conference. Others receiving votes in the AP. Iowa's right there. So is Purdue and Indiana. Same on the coaches side. Purdue's closer than Indiana in this one and then I was kind of a little bit further away in this one, so uh, the coaches and the AP obviously have a little bit different of opinion in which teams are good and which teams aren't. But let's put it this way: it it really doesn't matter as long as they make the tournament and get their opportunity at the end of the year. Then I'll tell you what: it really, (laughs) it really isn't a big deal. Honestly, it really isn't because these polls really don't mean much. They're just like the football polls during the season. They're nice to look at. It's nice for people to chat about them, but at the end of the day, what really matters is the college football playoff ranking and the NCAA rankings when the polls come out. So uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's all about the tournament, and it's all about the college football playoff ranking. So uh, you know, nice to see the AP and the coaches pull, but again, like I said, there's not much bearing as to what's going on with those. All right, let's get into the players of the week for the conference on the basketball side. Lamar Stevens from Penn State, their senior leader. Obviously, Penn State, like I just said, has just moved in to the top 25, and it's, Stevens had a whole hell of a lot to do with it. Back-to-back double-doubles, In the games this week, they beat Maryland as well. He averaged 16.5 and 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 10.5 rebounds, 5 assists, 3.5 blocks. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty damn solid week for Stevens, so congratulations on that. And no surprise on this side, who was the Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Actually, it was two players, but no surprise that Kofi Coburn, once again, is the Big Ten (laughs) Freshman. Player of the week. This, that makes four already. Four. Four. First time an Illinois freshman has done that. And Coburn, he's going to be on a lot of f- uh, f- lists for Freshman of the Year, All Americans, etc. He's going to be on there. He's my front runner for Big Ten Freshman of the Year right now. I'm not sure. Nationally, because I haven't really paid attention to too many other teams outside teams in the Big Ten, but he's got to be in the running for some national awards as well. Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana, the Hoosiers forward, he also was named the conference freshman of the week after averaging 16 and a half, 11 rebounds in wins this weekend over Connecticut and Nebraska. You could say that he earned it as well. A very solid showing for Trace Jackson Davis. The young man's going to be a very high draft pick in this upcoming NBA draft. So you've got some pretty solid young talent inside the conference on the basketball side. Some really tough news coming out of Iowa as well. Jordan Bohannon, unfortunately, is going to undergo hip surgery, and he's going to miss the rest of the season. Tough news for the young man because he tried to tough it out. He tried to. He really wanted to play, gave it an effort, and ultimately another injury is going to take a season from Jordan Bohannon. It's just a. It's an unfortunate situation for the young man because, uh, although you might not be an Iowa fan, you're probably rooting for the young man just because of the de- determination and the will to try and get back on the court that he's shown. And it's been absolutely fantastic. But unfortunately for Bohannon, his season is coming to an end. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Once again, give me a follow at MFC2123. Follow the website as well at Two Cents Pods. Like us on Facebook. It's Two Cents Pods over there. Raiders, review us and share us on all of your listening platforms. I will most likely get back to you on Wednesday afternoon or evening. I think that with all of the action going on on signing day, I just I need to get to you later on in the day and kind of wrap it up as opposed to previewing it and then having a really long wrap up Thursday morning. I'll probably skip Thursday morning then and come back to you on Friday with all of the news between Thursday and Friday, unless some big stuff happens. We'll see. I'll I'll keep an eye out. There's potential that I can get a Thursday afternoon podcast for you as well, but uh, I'll keep you posted on all of that. You'll see it. They'll all get posted on the site. I appreciate the listen. Once again, have a happy Tuesday, Big Ten fans. We will talk to you Wednesday evening.